This podcast is powered by The Plug. Yo, yo, it's Life is Dope Podcast. I'm your man, Graffiti. And I'm Davey. How you feeling today, brother? I feel great, nigga. What's up? <laughs> Whoa. Level it down. <laughs> Too much. I feel good. I feel good too, bro. You know what? I, I feel like a king. I feel like a king. I feel like King Killmonger. Oh, that's right. It's hashtag Killmonger season. Yes. Your, your super villain could never. Man, is this your king? <laughs> but we're going to get to that later, man. <laughs> Yo, gonna... Spoiler alert. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you ain't seen it by now, turn this up. You had a whole weekend. Yeah, yeah man. You played up. yourself. We've been what? talking about it for like six months. Yeah, and I, I just came from the theater to this podcast, so I'm gassed. Excuse my excitement, but we got a special guest host rocking with us today. Hey, indeed, indeed. Low key black history, but they're gonna find out why in a minute. <laughs> we got a man Anubis in the middle, and let's clap it up. Hey, yes, yes. But, uh, how you feeling, bro? I'm feeling excellent, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here and just excited to uh, share in the energy today. Nice, you know? nice. Yeah. For the people that don't know, just let them know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Anubis Haru, and I am a creative. Uh, I specialize in Afrofuturism, Afro-fantasy, anything doing with uh, bringing black superheroes into the mainstream is what I'm, you know, trying to create. Dope, dope. You said Afro, say that again? Afrofuturism. Afrofuturism. Yes, yes, Damn, yes, yes, yes. I like yes. that. That's hard. Break that down a little bit. All right, so Afro, Afrofuturism comes from uh, a gentleman by the name of Sun Ra. He kind of coined the whole phrase and the whole... Uh, Genre of Afrofuturism, so mm-hmm. it's dealing with uh, bringing uh, African, African American, melanated, um, you know, types of um, you know just themes. Right. Dealing with um, you know science, technology, um, you know, seeing us in space or seeing us with maybe special powers or in fantasy lands, and very much so like Black Panther was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of goes into um, a genre that is really gaining momentum. Um, Ashindo Kaumba, who is an artist and a creator, is creating some dope artwork, um, just kind of bringing that whole thing into uh, the mainstream. So um, I'm definitely considering myself a part of that and, um, you know, not a pioneer, but, you know, coming in on the back end. Yeah, yeah. Growing up, yeah. Adding to it. Yeah. So Anubis, the, the god of the dead. Why why Anubis? What's your connection with well, that? Well, not the god of the killing this shit. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a misconception. Uh, you know, Anubis is actually um, not the god of the dead. You're thinking of, uh, I know what it says on Google, but uh, Osiris or Asar is the lord of the underworld. See, Anubis is the crossroads. So he's the one that brings you, you know, from the afterlife into the hall of judgment. And then, you know, Ma'at, you know, and uh, Tahuti. They kind of record what's popping off, and then you know you go from there. So he was the one actually uh, when Asar was killed by his brother Set mm-hmm. um, or Seth, uh, he helped put his his body back together and mummified him, created the mummification process. Okay. So you know, yeah, but he's 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 the communicator, the cross worlds. He's uh, kind of the um, the connect. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, hard. He can walk between the physical and the spiritual realms, like just by thinking about it. So, okay, so you so yeah. you feel that you're able to make connections in terms of crossing worlds and absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. nice. I can dig that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, man. So let's jump to it, man. All right, we got what's going on in the world, but right now I want to talk about what I just seen. Black Panther movie. You seen it? Yes. From your standpoint, what you do and what you're trying to do, let's hear your thoughts real quick. Yeah, so, you know, my son is 10 years old, and uh, I remember being his age and watching Voltron, He-Man, Thundercats, you know, you name it, Saturday morning cartoons, that's what was going on. Right. And uh, very rarely was there a character that looked or represented someone from my community or from you know the black perspective right um so for me um i really didn't get into black panther around like 2000 and 
2005, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then um, he wasn't really a mainstream character, but he was on a cartoon uh, called The Avengers, mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble. And I was like, yo, this cat is like the coldest one out of the group. So when my son was born, I was getting him introduced to it. You know, I had him dressed up as Black Panther for his fifth birthday. Mm. All kind of crazy stuff. So seeing it live action, yeah. you know, seeing the excellence and the genius and, you know, that really holds a special place in my soul mm. because creating my uh, universe, mm-hmm. you know, it's to me it's more possible to create something like that on a mainstream scale for myself being an independent creator. Right, so, right, right. So you feel like it opened up the door? Yeah, I feel like the door is mainstream wise. Yeah, I mean like, you know, Blade definitely, you know, he he kind of peeked through the door a little bit mm-hmm. and then Black Panther was just kicking it down just completely. Right. You know, so yeah. it's necessary. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And how important do you think it is for for kids and, and and especially in the in the black community to see is a, a diverse representation of themselves because I, I think that's a, a problem that we see in media is that we don't see us enough being kings and superheroes you know we either see ourselves as athletes as rappers entertainers right. you know unfortunately criminals yeah so now we we do have more you know positive images how important is that Look, man, I'm I'm looking through my Facebook feed and I see children cosplaying the characters mm. from Black Panther. Little girls being the Dora Milaje and Nakia and Shuri and you know um, Black Panther's mom and all these amazing things. And I see the young boys dressed up as you know T'Challa and Killmonger and, Killmonger. and, and all these different characters. So it 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 matters, you know. I mean. We're only going to see more, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it's only going to get better. I mean, they're breaking records right now, but as soon as I knew they were coming out with a Black Panther movie, I was like, oh, yeah, they're, they're shattering all records, homie. Yeah, like, right. you know, because that's a worldwide diaspora that doesn't get any representation exactly. worth $200 million of a budget, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing about it. It's like, okay, I'm an independent creator. I'm putting out this and this and that, but... By myself, I don't have that type of budget to put something of that magnitude together mm-hmm. where it can contend for an Oscar or it can be put up against other superhero films. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, it's kind of smashing everything that I've seen right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, because a lot of movies that we see, I won't say a lot, it, it, it there's the stereotype of black movies tend to be more straight to DVD, straight to BET, right. low budget. Yeah. So now we are seeing something on more of a on more of a, a big budget film. So it's, right. it's great to see it do successful. Definitely, and I mean aside all the cultural aspect aside, like it was just a dope ass Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. Like if you like Marvel movies, it was fire. Yeah. So, yeah Absolutely. I, I think it's crazy. I've been having this debate with people. Especially on Facebook, they're probably still know. arguing yep. right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so people are, are upset about the whole people getting dressed up and celebrating the movie. They're like, "Oh, you ain't do that when Hotel Rwanda came out." <laughs> no, num- number one, you didn't do it when Color Purple came out. Yeah. Number one, niggas didn't do that when I Got the Hookup came out. Let's, let's, I had no limit. Yeah, let's think about it for a second. <laughs> you know, and let's use Hotel Rwanda as an example. Mm-hmm. That is a historical thing that happened and we won't get into the the political reasons as to why that happened Mm -hmm. but what is there to celebrate about that what is there to celebrate about 12 years a slave what is there to celebrate about the butler right you know what i'm saying like those are historical movies and i feel like that's all we get is historical things that kind of it's the trauma right and and that doesn't get relinquished. Right. You know what I'm saying? But seeing a fictional story, right. Because everybody else can create fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. we can't create fiction right. or right. have, you know, ourselves seen in a in a fictional light that is just kind of weird, man. And I, I tell these, you know, extra woke or extra religious or extra whatever individuals, like, look, man, at the end of the day, like, I'm a creator, so I'm gonna wanna see representation and it doesn't matter because 
yeah, we got our biopics. Mm-hmm. We got our, you know, hidden cup, co- not just hidden colors, but hidden figures. We mm-hmm. got all that stuff. But where are we as superheroes? Right. We want to fly. We want to yeah. fly. We want to have powers. <clears throat> we want to, you know, like Luke Cage broke the internet, uh, broke Netflix. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Black Lightning's, you know, doing mm-hmm. his thing. So it's it's about time for us to be on the silver screen. And not everybody's going to be happy about everything that happened in the movie. Come on, man. Stop that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they're going in on this movie. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sad. I'm like. <laughs> sad is the word. Yeah. For sure. I just. It really is. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, listen, if you, if every Sunday, if you're putting on a jersey with another grown man's last name on the back. <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear what you have to say about right. me dressing up for Black Panther. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It, what's funny is how soon people forget because there are people arguing me, and I know I've seen them posting pictures with their death row gear on <laughs> and their bandana socks to go see Tupac. Hey, yeah. I'm like, so you, you know what I mean? Like, he, I, I don't know. Is it, a, is it a, is it a self hate thing? Short what? memory. Um, or is it just confusion? We're just I, not used to this. I don't know how people could just be so upset at fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, how yeah. are you game banging on fun? <laughs> and the thing about it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the movie for those who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But they're getting the people that have seen it. They're getting like super deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, this character, see, blah 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 blah, and and I'm just kind of like, man. So you mean to tell me that? Black people don't bang on each other, right? In reality, right? Like, like we just <laughs> talked about Hotel Rwanda. Like, yeah. you can see a historical movie where you know folks is banging on each other, but you can't see a fictional movie, right? Where there's two factions, you know, going to war over control of their whole entire country and their resources, right? Okay, they're all black. So what? You know right. what I'm saying? Ain't that they, what we wanted? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. There was some white folks that got murked in the movie. Like, <laughs> right. chill out. You know what yeah. I think the top three most ridiculous things people said to me about that, and this is before I even seen the movie, and I'm sure they didn't even see the movie. Mm-hmm. But my top three. Number one was, y'all didn't celebrate like this for whatever black movie. Right. That was ridiculous. Number two is, if the cast is all black, then that means it's black on black because the villain is black. Come on, bro. Okay. Number three. <laughs> Some people are just too woke. Yeah. Number three was why didn't they just use a real place in Africa instead of a fictional place called Wakanda? Like I don't know why didn't they use a real place instead of Gotham City or Krypton? You know what I mean? Like or at Metropolis. the end of the day, it's a comic book right. movie. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like, a documentary. It's like you guys are getting too deep. And then yeah. the other argument was, well, they didn't actually shoot it in Africa. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So the movie Three Hundred. Wasn't shot <laughs> right in Greece. I don't know, man. We're just too critical. You know what I'm saying? Like that sh- that's all it, is. It, it was all shot on a blue screen or a green screen. Yeah. So I'm like, Star Wars wasn't shot in space. So yeah. what's your point, bro? <laughs> don't like, give me started on Star Wars. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like y'all niggas so. be dressed up as walkies or whatever, right. wookies and stormtroopers and whatever, and we don't say yeah. nothing. Trekkies, Star yeah. Trek, all that. Yeah. So I, I think I think it's cool because we now have our. You know, it just goes back to representation, man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <clears throat> people are people want to find things to be upset about because they don't feel included. Mm. And I'm like, look, you don't read comic books anyway, right? So, you know, if you see the movie, then you'll understand the the backstory of what this comic book represents. And yeah, it was written by two white guys, yeah. Jack Kirby. And Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. But understand this. They obviously had some type of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they had some type of uh, uh, thought process about creating this character. Right. And making him as powerful as he is. Mm-hmm. See, people don't understand. Like Black Panther contends with any and everybody in the Marvel Universe. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like is a real contender. Mm-hmm. So, it's just interesting to me how you got these cats that are like, Marvel and Disney did it. So, you know, you, Hollywood definitely puts out, you know, um, symbolism and all this different type of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but we know that already. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like, we, we understand that. So. My, and my debate with that side, too, 
with the whole there was no black producers or whatever. I hate to knock our people. You know, I don't want to do that. So that's not what I'm saying with this statement. Okay. But when we are given the power to produce certain content, we don't do it correctly for the most part in a, in a grand scale. I wouldn't even say grand scale. What are you talking about? Soul Plane was awesome. <laughs> Soul Plane. <laughs> so <laughs> we gave ourselves Meteor Man and, and Blank Man and stuff like that. That's what I'm yeah, saying, I mean, like, man, like, Black Panther's not in the hood. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, sometimes we want to get out the hood. <laughs> like, that's Thank what you. we had in real life. Thank we want to pretend to be somewhere else sometimes. Yeah. So if it takes Marvel to do that, and really, being a Marvel and a comic book head, like, Marvel low-key always had, like, civil rights undertones. Yeah, like, very much so. so like, but if you don't understand so. that, then, you know, you just yapping on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the other thing about that is... Um, you know, they always talk about we need this, we need us, and we need to be the main benefactors. And no money went to the hood. I'm like, stop it. When Hidden Colors was made, the sister, and I forget her name, she bought out a whole theater mm-hmm. so the kids in a particular community could go see the movie. And the actor did that. And a lot of people are doing money. that locally, too. Right. But, yeah. And not only that, but Chadwick Boseman, Ryan Coogler, you know, and all these other individuals are putting money into. You know the community, so kids can see the film yeah, that, yeah. that are underrepresented. Right. And my thing is this: like, <clears throat> I know tons of other independent creators that put out kickstarters and that are starving for uh, support from our community. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whenever I see somebody banging on Black Panther, I just post a link to Acid of the Gods. Yeah. So if you're not gonna support that. Here okay. Go. Here you go. And if you're not going to support that, then shut up. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, here it is. You know, all the content is owned by me, 100%. And I'm putting out positive imagery and all this other kind of stuff. It's action packed. It's got great story. It's got, it'll draw you in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to support that. But right. you'll bang on everything and everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, a vast majority, like, there's there's a black producer uh, within Marvel Studios mm. that is, like, a real dude. Like, like he's up there as far as what gets done, you know, as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But nobody right. knows about that cat. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows it was greenlit by these people. And then they brought on Ryan Coogler and, you know, all these other individuals. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just weird to me how, you know, you just... And, you know, I think we've given enough uh, shine to the haters. Because for the yeah. most part, most people <laughs> yeah. like love Black Panther. Yeah. They love the movie. Yeah. They love the cast. 218 they love the million so far. In, the, so in four days. With leading black actors. It's, really just, it's the fringe of society yes. that is just being hate, hateful. Like, listen, if y'all want to be mad, be mad at Janae Aiko for going on friend <laughs> dates. Right, how y'all feel about that? Let's talk about it for the people that don't know. So I guess you can set it up better than I care, bro. Explain. So here, I'll set it up from my perspective. So I'm reading this interview from uh, uh, that Janae Aiko had uh, had. I'm glad you know how talk- to say her name. Yeah, and she was talking about <laughs> She was talking about when she like first met Big Sean, and Big Sean had like asked her out on a date, mm-hmm. and had asked her, you know, if she'd ever been to uh, like a, or sat floor seat at a basketball game. And at the time, she had a boyfriend at the time. So she, you know, she let her boyfriend know, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, go on a friend date with Big Sean. And and she was getting cooked on Twitter for that. That just, rightfully, sound, rightfully that just so. sounds crazy. Like, if, duh, if your girl just was like, hey, I'm about to go to the game with Big Sean. I got floor seats. Holla at you later. Like, like who agreed with like, that? like, all right, cool, yeah. <laughs> nah. Like, no, you yeah. You in a relationship, bro? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, I'm oh, happily married. I, I, all right, cool. I yeah, said, I yeah, said yeah, question yeah, first. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, I, I think uh, I just said, oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, can y'all can y'all spouses go on a, a friend date with Big Sean? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> who, who can y'all spouses go on a friend date? Wait, wait, hold on. Right. Let me take that note back. Cause I'm gonna finesse this. So this is Big Sean. He got floor seats. I ain't got floor seats. That's cool. It's cool. It's you can't. Sean. You can't. I go. like Big Sean. I'll probably put you on his music. That's how you know this nigga. All right, cool. So that's Big Sean. I can't come with y'all. That's my first question. I'm yeah. coming. Cool. We finna go see. Right, nah, you, can't, can't go. you can't go. All right. Uh, How no, can I'm gonna go. go with he, Big Sean? He paying you? No, you ain't getting no money out this. Thing. All right. Somebody finna get a deal out no, of this situation. We're just working on a song together. That's all. 
my wife ain't working on no damn song with Big Sean. And you know, I've never, I've never sat floor seat before. But it's Big Sean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like nah, nah. I gotta bring my note back. Nah, that's nothing. You ain't going nowhere. Give me the tickets. I'm going with Big Sean. I mean, for, for me, we like friends today. I mean, I, I trust my wife. Like, if she was trying to, because she's in finance, mm-hmm. she's always trying to get her foot in the door with somebody that has money because she's always trying to make sure that um, you know they're they're in the proper financial. Right. You know, uh, products and things like that. So I'd be like, that makes sense. You know, and and she would like, she she'd be there like, you know, the pumping same me up. You know, yeah, she'd yeah, be yeah. like, all right, well, you know, you know, my man has got this thing going on. Right. You know, the comic book, da 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 da. So you know, it, I know it, it she would have him come on the show. It wouldn't be a no for me, just because I know my wife and she yeah. she she finagle that shit yeah. for our advantage. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now, if he had some ulterior motive, she'd peep yeah. and be like, ah, oh, yeah, nigga wasn't about shit. Well, fast forward to how the story ends. I mean, they're together now. They're together now. So, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so all that shit out the window. Oh, <laughs> she knew what she well, was doing. Shine shot a shot. Yeah, yeah, she shot her shot. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, shooting shots, what about that dumbass dunk contest? <laughs> Y'all watch the dunk contest? I don't yeah, want to talk about it, bro. Man, I say we sign a position to have the YouTubers and street ballers take over the, the dunk contest. Yeah, yeah. We should just go ahead and let them do that. Vince Carter would have won last night. Yep. And he likes 72. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> so, producer Julius with the like, great ideas. Right. Um, man, the dude from uh was it uh, the Mavericks? Yeah. He should have won. Right? I don't I like how they was uh hyping up Nance all night. Yeah, like just because he had his dad there and he put his jersey on, I'm like man, you don't get off this man's nuts. He's gonna have to do something special. But then somebody said, at the end of the day, it's not humanly possible to do any more creative dunks. I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that as well. I just don't. Th- y'all just ain't creative enough. But is it like we want to see? What do we want to see from the dunk? I want to see some flips. I don't know. Some figure it out. Because now it's about the theatrics. Yeah, man. It's like it's like anything with creative. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to invent anything new. Just you know, it's improve awesome. on what you've seen. Throw some mustard on it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just make it spin faster. Speaking really? of mustard, uh, Pastor DJ Mustard on his uh, IG said... <laughs> yeah, all the segues. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I'll tie it together. <laughs> he was saying... Uh, see, now i got to play it. I'm going to play it into the mic real quick. Oh, he said if your girl's an all-star yeah, it was weekend, she ain't your girl. Here. Your girl at All Star Weekend, or you think she your girl? She here? She not yours. You stupid? She getting fucked. You stupid? I don't believe it. She ain't out here on work. She getting worked. <laughs> she ain't out here on work. She getting work. It's past the mustard. Stupid. True or not? Oh, very true. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> listen, if DJ Mustard yeah. is saying your girl's getting work, listen. <laughs> His word is bomb. He's in, he's in L.A. <laughs> your girl's in the backseat with YG right now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about all that, man. Speaking of all-stars, though, and Westside niggas, um, did you watch the hip-hop all-star game? I did. I watched the celebrity one and the hip-hop one. Yeah. Hip-hop one was way better. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you watch it or not? Nah, I didn't it. catch it, man. Yeah. Nah. I, I I had my money on 2 chains. Yeah, but, but did Davies, he didn't play, did he? Nah. Yeah. Quavo was doing the uh, Celebrity All-Star Games. For so. those that don't know what we're talking about, go check out um, the recap on YouTube or wherever they put it at. But uh, it was Team Snoop versus two, Team 2 chains mm-hmm. in the Hip-Hop All-Star Game. They okay. had a lineup of artists and just... I don't know, but Chris Brown is just unfair. Yeah, that's he could probably be in the NBA right now. <laughs> Snoop was balling too. I'm surprised. Like, how you letting this uh, 40? Because he had them blue flags on his ankles. They gave him powers or something. He <laughs> had vibranium in his, in his blue flags. <laughs> I was like, how is he doing this? Right now? Uh, nah, but did you see uh, Quavo in the actual celebrity game? Oh, Swato girl shit. Yeah, man, he got MVP too. He came in talking big trash too. Like everybody's garbage. I'm taking MVP, and he took it. Mama. I know, but when you playing against Michael B. Jordan, like Michael B. Jordan was supposed to be balling out. Jimmy Fox wasn't even playing. He was walking around signing autographs like in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then that clip when he at, uh, when they asked him about him playing basketball with Katie Holmes and he just took them took all his like microphone stuff off, he just walked off. He just walked away. That was hilarious. Yeah, man. Like listen. We are a funny. That was people. I felt that <laughs> yo, 
I felt that in my soul. Don't ask me about no chicks. Yeah. I'm walking on. He didn't even say I'm not going to answer. He just said, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm out. Yeah, I'm told my flight. That's enough for me. Oh, man. Back to Anubis, man. So, yes, as, a, as a comic book fan, as soon as I seen Acid of the Gods, I got hyped. Um, can you kind of explain the comic itself and, you know, the backstory? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> Acid of the Gods starts in a fictional planet. Um, and there's a particular kingdom uh, called Avaris. And they basically have a... Um, you know, kind of of government structure of a royal family, council of elders, and you have your, you know, your your military, you know, personnel. And so, basically, what happens is there's four particular characters um, that are basically the heroes, and they're kind of unlikely heroes, uh, but they all have certain abilities and things like that. Um, but uh, there is a massive horde of genetically engineered soldiers that are systematically invading the planet. So at the same time, because of, you know, this destruction that's going on, it's throwing the planet into, you know, uh, a disarray. So therefore, there's a lot of uh, planetary uh, anomalies that are taking place now that they've never seen before. And the rate of destruction that's going on, you know, through the physical violence but the weather patterns are also, you know, kind of like what's popping off right now, dealing yeah, with, mm-hmm. you know, climate change and things of that nature. Um, so it's up to these four individuals to find an ancient artifact uh, that their ancestors left behind to either bring the world back into balance or figure out if they're going to exodus the entire planet and the entire population. Mm-hmm. So it, it really goes from like... Uh, kind of like a fantasy, kind of like a Lord of the Rings kind of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then it segues into uh, science fiction. Right. So kind of like a... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Stargate, Guardians of the Galaxy type thing. So um, I cover a lot of... Uh, because I'm since I'm a writer um, and an actor, I, I kind of... I base my story... It's, it's very character-driven. Mm-hmm. So when you read it, you're going to fall in love with certain characters and things like that. So um, you're really going to really want to keep reading what's going on with each individual character because they have their own backstory. Right. And uh, it's uh, it's been a real, real journey. And I have had a lot of fun, you know, creating this universe. So, Do you feel like a lot of it is more so imaginative or did you draw a lot from current events in the actual real-world situation? Um... Because you know people are gonna dig deep, and yeah, yeah, make yeah. It that anyway, right, right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I'll back up. Um, you know, I started doing a lot of study on, um, you know, ancient history when I was about nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, just really trying to figure out where we, as you know, melanated or black people, where our contributions to civilization come from, because obviously they don't tell you in school. Very true. So, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, went on my own study um, for several, several years. Um, I studied an African martial art uh, called Kupigana Ngumi. Uh, shout out to uh, my teacher, Dr. So, you do not want these problems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Shout out to Dr. Abayomi uh, Meeks. Um, yeah, just a very amazing individual. But, um, you know, so studying these different things about black culture and uh, just African civilization, um, I wanted to create something that had some authenticity to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wanted to create something totally different. So I did draw from, you know, uh, the Bantu uh, civilization, uh, the Mali civilization, the Egyptian or Kemetic civilization, and even some Asian influences. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that sort of thing. So, um, I had a brain tumor in uh, April of 2001. Mm. So, while I was in the hospital recovering from that brain tumor, I had a lot of time on my hands. So, just different ideas and different things were just rushing through my head as I was, you know, recovering from that. Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't have a name for this particular story that I was developing. But uh, 
it just came to me one day, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to call it Acid of the Gods. It just sounds cool, but I'll, but also I, I explain what the Acid of the Gods is within the story. So right. um, it, it's been great, man. Uh, while I was in film school, that's why I learned how to uh, write screenplays and direct and stuff like that. So a lot of my background is in film, but I said, you know what, this Acid of the Gods thing is it's it's probably bigger than me, so mm. I'm just going to take my ego out of it and just create a cult following, create yeah. a comic book first, give people a visual of what it is, mm-hmm. and then I'll go after, you know, trying to make it into a multimedia platform. Nice, okay, because I was going to ask you that next. Is that the yeah. next step for it? Yeah, yeah. man. Um, if it's a video game first, you know, on a next-gen system, uh, or a movie, or something like Avatar The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with that, you know. Um, but it, it definitely has... Uh, longevity because of the way it's written because each character can have their own spin-off and background and then it spans another few centuries right after the original story ends essentially so dope dope yeah. so also it so it so it took roughly <clears throat> at least six months for you to to relearn like motor skills and being able to walk yeah how was how was that journey for you um Finding out I had a brain tumor really didn't affect me very much because I knew that in the back of my mind, I knew there was something going on with the symptoms that I had, like the vertigo and the the daily headaches and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What really affected me was uh, when I tried to stand up and go use the bathroom (laughs) and I couldn't walk. And I was like, ah, this is crazy. So going from, you know, being a martial artist and being able to pretty much do whatever I want to not being able to walk again, wow. that's when I got emotional. Like, oh man, am I ever going to be able to, you know? Wow. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, I recovered pretty quickly because, you know, I was, I was about 21. I was young and, um, you know, just, I was always active. So, but the psychological and emotional, you know, recovery took about a year. You know what I'm saying? What do you think it was that kept you going? Was it was it family? Was it just a, a dedication to wanting to get back to mm-hmm. to art and to martial arts mm-hmm. and to being creative? Or, you know, what what was it that, that allowed you to just keep going forward? It was a combination really. Um <clears throat> for one, it was my family. They they had my back, man. Like the number and it wasn't just my family, it was friends and, and relatives and friends of friends and that kind of thing. I had a lot of support and just wanting to recover because I feel like I had a purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and I was trying to, at 21, I was still trying to figure out what that was, Okay, but having those ideas and wanting to bring that about really is what sparked, what, what was the catalyst to me wanting re, re, to recover faster so I can get back to my martial arts because I knew that these characters couldn't be doing kung fu in any type of Asian martial art. Right, yeah. Because that, to me, that wouldn't be authentic. So I was lucky enough that my teacher lived here in Colorado. I said, I got to learn that system because I can incorporate it into the story and it will be authentic. So it was a combination of things that helped me recover as fast as I did. Okay. Yeah, that kind of sounds like the origin story of a... Superhero. <laughs> that actually yeah. does. Like, yeah, it really yeah, yeah. does. Like, you ever consider making your story? Yeah, I actually have. Um, there's another um, story that I'm currently working on, and it deals with an individual who his abilities come from the fact that he has a brain tumor. Mm. You know, so as he uses his powers, he's got to kind of conserve what he does because it ultimately is uh, a mortal, you know, right. uh, type of thing. So it's he's got it. He's got to conserve his abilities and only use it, you know, when absolutely necessary. So, has that has that also any way changed or influenced your perspective on like black health and men's health? Because I think especially as, as black men, yes. you know, we, we never go to the doctor. Yep. We never, you know, we we don't want to know. Or if, there, if there's anything yeah. wrong, we don't want to know. So yeah. how is that? You know, it's it's funny because when I came back from college, I went to Lincoln University in Jefferson City, Missouri. And, uh, you know, I was doing Taekwondo out there. And when I came back home, I I went to another school. And then um, I was having, like, vertigo as I was doing, like, these spin kick techniques. And I was like, yo, what's going on? And I was thinking maybe it was the altitude and all that kind of stuff. So (laughs) my dumb ass, like, a whole year goes by. 
and I'm having these headaches and I'm having this vertigo and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, I probably got a brain tumor. Like, this shit is crazy. Like, wow. this is what I'm telling myself in the back yeah. of my head. So you just knew immediately it was that. I just or... kind of felt like that's what it was because what else could it be? Like, it had to be something neurologically that was going on with me. Right. But because I didn't have insurance, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking like, okay, I'll get acupuncture treatments from my, you know, my, yeah, right. my, my, my teacher and the symptoms will go away for like two and a half weeks, but obviously they've come back because right. it was that serious. So um, I recently changed my diet, you know, because I'm I'm thirty. I'll be thirty eight in September. I stopped eating meat, just like cold turkey. Like I'm not eating meat no more, just to see what would happen. Yeah, you know, because there's people that are, you know, these dogmatic vegans and vegetarians. Like I'm just plant based. Like if the zombie apocalypse comes tomorrow, like. The grocery stores will be closed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to find any plant-based, you know, to sustain 2,000 calories. So I'm going to have to go back to meat. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not dogmatic about it. But in the the interest of health, like, black people, there there is a large disparity of, uh, you know, us getting checked out, us getting our preventative, us eating a certain way. Mm -hmm. And it's... it's, uh, it's it's a large problem that we're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? I think what was it? Uh, Luke Cage said a fork will kill you quicker than any bullet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, damn, like that's, that's real. Yeah. You know, straight up. So um, yeah, I'm definitely uh, more into my health now because of the things that have happened to me. Um, so yeah. So in terms of uh, acid of the gods, what character do you think is most related to you? Which one do you identify with? Uh, I would say for me is it well it's it's two characters that I relate to. One is uh King Shabaka, who is uh Prince Manetho's father. Okay. And the reason why is because he's got the weight of a whole civilization on his shoulders and he's got to teach his son to be able to take up the mantle in the event of his demise. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times with our great leaders like Malcolm Martin and, uh, you know, individuals that have come before us, there was no successor right. to that <clears throat> movement or to that individual's work, right. you know, like Khalid Muhammad and, you know, those individuals. So with Shabaka, he's trying to instill in his son this is what we need to do to continue this particular movement or this particular um, way of life. So with me, my son is 10, so I'm teaching him martial arts. I'm teaching him archery and, you know, and this might sound kind of bad, but firearms training. You know, those, you know, just because, you know, our mili- we, we've lost our military mind yeah. as black people. Not all of us, but we've lost that. So um, I really identify with Shabaka. And uh, I also identify with this guy right here, who is a Hodari. He comes from the Ori tribe or the Ori clan, and they are a um, a group of people that have basically kind of they live in harmony with nature. Mm-hmm. They are able to, you know, use natural resources to to achieve whatever they need to do. So they live in these giant trees. Because uh, the ants that live on the forest floor are flesh-eating ants. Oh, wow. So you can't, (laughs) you know. So the trees have a natural um, defense, like like their sap is toxic to the ants. So that's why they create these megalithic trees and live in those trees. But I identify with Hodari because um, he has a child. He has several children, actually. But he's very selfless, and he... He's going on a mission to save his daughter. He doesn't care how dangerous it is. He doesn't care if he might die in the process. But he's going to get it done. He's going to do his best, you know, to do that. So I identify with both of those characters the most. Dope, 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 dope. dope. So I'm sitting here listening to you, Mm -hmm. and this all sounds dope, and you're highly educated. (laughs) So it makes me think, did you get teased as a child? Yep. 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 (laughs) <laughs> you were, you were the yeah. nerd, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, like, I, I more so. I was very introverted as a kid, so I was always drawing. Yeah, always reading. Um, 
playing with Legos, stuff like that. I wasn't into sports because I, I wasn't really athletic until I was like damn near in high school. Yeah. Um, my dad made me run track, so. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, track runner. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, it was, uh, they would make fun of mostly like, because I had these big old glasses, <laughs> and Steve Urkel was that dude back then. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was, every Friday night, Family Matters came on, and this goofy kid was, and I kind of favored him. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they did make fun of that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, yeah. Just, I just figured, man, because like, uh, now I'm a graphic designer, but just back then, I was always drawing little cartoons, comics, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But I never said anything. Right. Because like, it was just, whack to do that where I was from you know right, what I mean right, and right. I, I kept that away but now like we're thriving because of that yes I was a band nerd and now yeah yeah beat master that's what's up yeah, so, yeah is there a little so are you excited about the uh, I would say the revolution of black nerds in 2018 because it seems mm-hmm. like it, it's definitely more cool now to be a, a black nerd or do you feel a little bit more resentment like you know I was the original nerd band nerd before it was cool <laughs> you know what's funny like I think I saw T-Pain like a few years back and he was dressed in the whole nerd thing like the nigga had like the glasses with the tape on them <laughs> yeah. and suspenders and was that was his costume like the nerd yeah. and I was like ain't that some shit right you know what I'm saying <laughs> that's like, a way of life it's not... cool now but I was getting teased about it you right. know what I'm saying but um, no I'm really excited about the whole blurred movement kind of thing because It's not cool to be dumb. You know what I'm saying? It's not cool to be broke. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not cool to take advantage of our people, i.e., you know, selling dope because we're not educated and, you know, extortion and all that other kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if more of us felt it was cool to be smart, then we would see ourselves in you know, other industries and doing other positive things. And then we can kind of see the community start to change right. because wealth and, you know, uh, economics is ingrained in that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm loving the blur, the blurred movement right now. Definitely. Yeah. I, think, I think we're in the midst of a revolution. And back when people always talk about the revolution and all mm-hmm. that, revolution not be televised. Right. <clears throat> Back then, it sounded like something different. Like, oh, we just about to go head on military style against Spook the government. Spooked by the door. But yeah, yeah. But now, it seems like I kind of get it. I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or we're just on this wave right now. But like, even from hip-hop to entertainment and just these conversations we're having mm-hmm. right now, it's starting to click with people. Like, yeah. I was listening to that Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. That, man. And I'm like, this is fire, but not for the general reasons why I would have said it was dope before. Right, right, right. And Nipsey's not on that. He's like, all right, look, I made it. This is how we're going to do it. Follow my lead or not. Yeah. I told y'all. And that's what Jay did with 444. Yeah. And more and more people are catching on. Like, yeah. okay, so this shit actually works. Yeah, Let's man. Do what we do the way we do it. Yeah, shout out to Claude Anderson. You know, Dr. Claude Anderson. You know, he's been talking about black people need to practice group economics. Mm-hmm economics period you know and uh it's not cool to be broke man it's, it's just not, it's just not it's really you know not what I'm <laughs> and, and and you know i'm i'm not advocating for going out and getting it however you do but you know at the same time you know dr boyce watkins talk about black people need to own businesses mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and we as black people need to support those businesses you know so um it, it definitely is a renaissance and a revolution that's taking place but not from the standpoint of firing bullets right but from you know talking a, with our dollars and programming right, right exactly right yeah i think it's crucial yeah and it's coming from the media and the hip-hop artists too because i mean those are our voices Absolutely. right now and if they could tell us to go pop bottles and make it rain right Tell us how to own a business. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a shift. Uh, Dick Gregory, uh, you know, rest in peace. I think it was a year and a half ago before he passed, he said the rhythm has changed. And I didn't really understand what he meant. I mean, I kind of felt what he was saying because, you know, they always talk about, you know, the the fifth dimension and all this spooky kind of stuff, you know. But he said, he said the rhythm is changing. And it's it's you're gonna see some really major shifts, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I'm, I'm definitely witnessing some things right now that's pretty cool that's what's taking place definitely definitely yeah. uh, have you guys had a chance to switching gears real quick have you guys <laughs> had a chance to check out uh, the new Chris Rock special yes. yes what do you guys think about that I loved it bro I I <laughs> I had a good time listening to Chris it's hilarious yeah. but it's hilarious because some parts I was like I don't even know if I should laugh because it's <laughs> so real but it's Chris Rock so right. it's funny right but it's <clears> damn like Really real. <laughs> he kept it very real on on this uh, on this special. I, yeah. I really liked it. Like Chris, he's always he always delivers. He's always yeah. he's always on time with the jokes and everything yeah. is just so where right. society is at and where the social temperature is at. I really liked how he brought his own personal experiences with him being married. Yeah, and uh, you know just how. You know, I think marriage is a it's it's a social construct that that we have bought into. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's other family structures out there that people practice around the world, um, and and you know, it just kind of like is monogamy the best and only way to go? You know what I'm saying? Because you know, if he's wilding out, like you know what I'm saying, maybe monogamy isn't the best family structure. You know, for him, you know, but him talking about that and, and being real about that, I, I really kind of was like, damn, that, that takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there like that. And, right. and and to be real and say, yeah, I was an asshole and I was this and I was that. Yeah. And but but still being in comedic, you know what I'm saying? Right. And be still on time with his jokes. Does. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, that's genius, man. man. There was a good there was a good point that he brought up in one of his jokes when he said that. He was married 16 years in the cell phone age. Mm. Yes, dude. And how that compared to his parents being married, you know, 40 years. Right. But they were married 40 years before cell phones. Right, right. So his dad dad could leave for work and be gone for 12 hours. And not talk to each other because all work. (laughs) Yeah, that's real. As a married man, that's real. That was an interesting point, and I thought about that. And I was like, huh. Is there something to, and my wife is probably listening to this right now, like, yeah, okay. but is there something to absence makes the heart grow fonder? Indeed. You know, I, I mean, I saw a TED Talks about this from this lady out of Yugoslavia or whatever the hell she was from, but she was doing like surveys with people in long-term relationships and married couples, and she found that couples were attracted to each other the most over periods of time where they haven't seen each other or you see your spouse in their element like on stage or mm-hmm. you know doing whatever it is they were the most attracted to their spouse mm-hmm. when they were you know gone for a day or for a certain period of time right. you know what I'm saying so that was interesting to me because you know I, I mean I, I definitely uh, I don't know if I agree with that totally but um, you know I as a man, I I kind of like my space every once in a while, you know what I'm saying? But in a in a yeah, in a relationship, you don't want to be selfish with your time. You know right. You got to give your spouse that that time and energy. So right. And then to that yeah. point with the cell phone era, it's like we texting and talking all day, all day. You see what I'm doing on Snapchat, or I see what you're doing on Facebook, yeah. and that's just in general with right. culture right now. So by the time you get home from work, I get home, it's like. Yeah. What's on TV? <laughs> like what we got to talk about? Right. We already, know. We already talked was. about it. Yeah. And you know what's even sad about it as well, and it, and it's and it's almost like you know a shame to admit, but there's like there there's people who um, who pass away, but because of their social media and you being able to go to their social media mm-hmm. and see pictures of them and videos of them, like sometimes to me it's 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 hard to even acknowledge them as being gone because sometimes right. the, even their absence isn't felt because right. you can go on social media and still see that. And I wonder how does that affect, you know, how do we, how we connect to other human beings yes. right. with us having so much access to people 24 seven. Yeah. yeah. It's a double edged sword. I think because on one end, you know, I can connect with people out in Nigeria and Ghana and be like, yo, I'm coming out there for your event. Da 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 without the internet, without phones and things like that. It's kind of hard to do that, you know. We ain't sending snail mail like that anymore. Right, right. Yep. And then on the other hand, you know, it's like with technology, when does technology go too far? Mm-hmm. Prince clearly said he yeah. does not want to <laughs> be a hologram. Right. And what did these clowns do? Made him into a Made him into sheet. a freaking hologram. He said specifically. You know what I'm saying? It'd be demotic so, for me to perform with somebody exactly. from beyond the grave. Exactly. So... <laughs> 
you know, it's again, it's a double-edged sword. I think um, on one end, it's amazing, but and then on in other aspects, it can, it can be used, you know, uh, in in very, you know, not so um, ethical ways. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I think a lot of times it also has replaced. You know the the human connection because mm-hmm. we don't have to hang out as much if yeah. I can just shoot a text to yeah. you yeah, or yeah, yeah, we yeah. can just you know chop it up on on Facebook or mm-hmm. you know comment on posts or tweet or or IG and stuff like that. So it's like you know it it's all it's also replaced the the physical aspect mm-hmm. of it too. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Speaking of things being replaced and all that, the comic book market. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel there's a strong presence for actual physical print? I do. Um, I would say that movie ticket sales do not translate into comic book sales, mm. per se. Um, I think there's ways around that, though. But we've we've been here before where comic book sales have dipped. I definitely think they'll come back up. Um, if we cater to a specific audience like for me <clears throat> acid of the gods i sell up to a lot of families right that you know want to be able to read stuff together because their kids are learning to read or you know rather than watching you know television or hulu or whatever they can all read something around the table you know what i'm saying so i think with creativity you know, we can definitely find our niche in our market. But uh, overall, there's people, people are buying more independent comic books, I think. Right. Than the mainstream comics because they're, people are seeing the comic book movies being made. Right. So why, did the, why go get the comic book if they can just watch the movie? Right. You know what I'm saying? But, right. Independent projects like mine, like Brown Hornet, Burning Metronome, you know, those kind of books, people don't have access to them in the multimedia facet, so they can go get the comic book and be up to date what's going on with that. Right. In addition to Acid of the Gods, are there any comic books that you're uh, excited for or anticipating being seen made, made into a movie? Um... Besides Acid of the Gods? Uh, Yes, I would say uh, Tuskegee Airs. Okay. Um, Brothers out of Atlanta, putting that down. Um, What's another one that I'm thinking of? Um, I think the way they they created and draw Tuskegee Airs, it's very reminiscent of anime and boondocks. So I could see that you know, being created into an animation or, you know, some type of live action animation. Um, I would say uh, the burning metronome. Um, I can see that into an actual live action television show because it has that mysterious element to it, kind of like a. Uh, what does he say? He says uh, usual suspects kind of vibe right um other than that man i'm i'm not really uh i i I see i see brown hornet being like more of an anime yeah kind of project because of its content um and the in the style of uh art that it is i could see that as an anime kind of reminiscent of ninja scroll or um something like real violent you know right. what I'm saying? Like yeah. blood squirting everywhere. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Afro samurai type shit. You know that's what I'm right. saying? So I'm excited yeah. to see Miles Morales as Spider Man. Yeah, that's gonna be, that's gonna be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the origins of Miles Morales. Like my son really digs Miles Morales. Yeah, mine too. You know, but uh, yeah, there's there's probably a lot more that I'm I'm not really thinking off the top of my head right now. But uh, are you a DC or a Marvel guy? Um. You know, I, I'm more of a character guy. So, like, <clears throat> I like Icon from DC, mm-hmm. and I like Blue Marvel from Marvel, you know. So, um, I like to put characters head-to-head. Like, if Blue Marvel fought Icon, yeah. like, what's that going to look like? You right. know what I'm saying? I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I feel like more recently with the Iron Man 
you know, type. So not not necessarily Fox because mm-hmm. they screwed up X Men, and I will never forget them. Right. <laughs> but um, with the onset of uh, Iron Man going forward, I really dig the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, DC is kind of playing catch up, but yo, DC's animation game though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruh. Yeah, I've been watching <laughs> they, all, all the Justice League. Bruh. Movies. Yeah, man. You know, like um, the one called Doom. Mm-hmm. About Batman having everybody's contingency put in his computer. Like, yo, know, Superman were to go rogue, this is how I take him out. Yeah, you know, yeah. That kind of thing. Flashpoint was dope. Um, how you feel about Black Lightning? Uh, I, got, I got mixed feelings, but I'll yeah, I, I, yeah, without, yeah, I, I dig Black Lightning because uh, my boy Scooter is, is, is playing him yeah, yeah. From, from Living Single. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. I have my issues with it though, but it's not really like. But I understand it's from the comic book, so they're taking yeah, yeah. stuff from the comic book and putting it into the show. Right. Which I'm cool with that. I wasn't really a huge Black Lightning fan. I was more of a Static Shock fan. Yeah, me too. But um, I like that they're giving it, you know, a platform, and that and that's really just give it a go, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all I ask for. Representation. Yeah. Give it a go. If it's not successful, then. Yeah, that's what it is. I think my issue with it isn't even with Black Lightning. I think it's with the CW. Yeah, I feel like they have to hold themselves back, and they they want to take it to the edge, right? But right, then they're right, like, oh, we're still the CW, right? But right. But then right. you got Marvel on Netflix just wilding hey, shit out, they, they, just blasting everybody yeah, down, and yeah, then you yeah, go watch yeah, Black Lightning. Now. It's like yeah. you look at Luke Cage, like damn, I wish Black right. Lightning was as hard as, but he can't because he's on CW. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it, man, and then. You know, I think uh, Dave Chappelle when they when they had that WB frog, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it's the CW, but it's right. it's still the same company, you know? What I'm right, right. He's like, I hate that little <laughs> frog, like, and like, you know, they haven't changed a ton, but you know, I think they've changed as far as you know the content that they'll bring to the for to to you know to their plot to their network, yeah. But uh, yeah, they 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 still the same cats, man. You know what I'm saying? I am excited about uh, the Venom movie that's coming out. Yeah, man. I, I think they're going to do that justice. You know what? I think the rated R superhero movies, you know, like Deadpool. You know what I'm saying? Logan. Oh, yeah, yeah, Logan might have been the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Spawn. You yeah. know, they're about to drop that one. You know, so so they kind of. They're figuring out how to, you know, take these, you know, these different films and or not films, but different comic books. Because, I mean, let's face it, man, like if it wasn't for video games and comic books, dude, like Hollywood would be scrambling trying to figure it out. Really, really. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, because you got Rampage coming out. Really, yeah, they're man. just digging. So with that being said, they're going to have to start digging deeper into independent type stuff. Yeah. If Netflix came to you with that bag right now, that hey my loves Monique five hundred thousand <laughs> <laughs> right now for uh, Asset of the Gods to be a, a Netflix original, um, What's the answer. I mean, I know how Netflix works. Like people don't understand contracts. You know what I'm saying? Like I have an attorney and a, a manager um, that looks at all that stuff for me, mm-hmm. and I've kind of studied on. You know, the type of contracts that you'll see. So you have what's called an option agreement. And basically what that is, it's like, okay, we want to license your characters and your story and this like that. We'll give you 500000 mm-hmm. for your licensing. But you can't sell any books. You can't sell any merchandise. You can't do this. You can't do that. Right. Monique's contract was fucked up, for lack of a better word. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of understand on both sides. Like, my problem, my issue with Monique was she's counting other people's pockets. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, right, and, exactly. and it was like saying, well, this person got this and that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nah, man, get your weight back up, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if Netflix came to me with a decent contract, and I mean, my attorney's so dope, he'd, he'd, he'd get it. Yeah. But. If they came to me with a, like, maybe, say, like, 
you know, you can retain your merchant your merchandising licensing and you can still sell your comic books and all that kind of stuff. Like I would consider it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And there's actually uh what's the name of that damn company? It's a comic book company, independent, and they put out um I'm drawing a blank on that damn show. And I didn't even really watch it, but um it was uh, Van Helsing. Okay. okay. So I forget the comic book company that put that out, but you know they got, you know that's on mm-hmm. Netflix. You right. know what I'm saying? So uh, actually, no, I think it's on USA, and then it's on. Then they, you know, put it on Netflix. It's a popular show though. But I, I yeah, guess I accept. I saw the movie. The, yeah. The yeah, end yeah. goal for creatives is always the hard part. It, it is, man, because, and I, I mean, I, I, I'll tell the story real quick. Um, there was an individual out in California that I was politicking with for about a year. And I met her through a friend of mine. And she's a producer out there. You know, she's doing her thing. She's not, like, doing big, big things, right? right. But she's a producer. And she's, you know, getting her money. And uh, she wanted to do... She loves Asset of the Gods. And she wanted to do an option agreement. But when I looked at the contract, bro, like... <clears throat> it was clear to me that there was no upfront capital involved right and i wouldn't have been comfortable with allowing someone to have the licensing to acid of the gods for 18 months while they shopped around for a deal right you know what i'm saying because within that 18 months, so many different things could happen. Yeah. You know, I might get approached by Warner Brothers or, you know, whoever to say, yo, we want that. Oh, I'm sorry. I got an option agreement, you know, with this person for six more months. Oh, yeah. what, Whatever, dude. Like, yeah, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, that would have been an opportunity that I would have missed out on or potentially. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's it's definitely the end game for for many creators. Yeah. Some of them, some people just like drawing comic books and creating comic books, and that's it. Yeah. They don't want to see it on TV. They don't want to see it in a video, into a video game or anything else. They just want to see it as a comic book. Me, I'm multidimensional. My dad always taught me, if you're multidimensional, then you can move in many different ways. Right. You know, with the same talent. You know what I'm saying? You if you a one trick pony, then that's it's a wrap for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if it can be made into a video game or you know a live action project or an animation or you know something like that, then there's other opportunities and other doors that can be open for you. Right? You know what I'm saying? But a lot of creators, from what I understand, they want to see they want to see their name in lights. They want to see them toys and that merchandise. And, uh, I mean, George Lucas and Sylvester Stallone, man, they just, they knew what they wanted, and they went after it. All yeah. the no's that they got, it didn't matter to them. They, Sylvester was sleeping in his car, homie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Tyler Perry sleeping in his car, you know, just waiting for that opportunity because he knew in his mind, he knew mm-hmm. what he was capable of, and the rest is history. So, I'm, right. you know, I put myself in the same category. I know what Acid of the Gods is, and I know what it can bring to the table. So, I'm just waiting. So, with uh, so as far as the fans and the viewers, what is it that you want uh, someone who reads Acid of the of the Gods? What do you want from them to be able to take from this comic book? What kind of lessons or message? I want them to be able to take. There, there's different lessons uh, written within the story, but I want them to be able to immerse themselves into a world that they've never possibly seen before you know i want them to be able to identify with calfani and kepra uh two characters that you know have a relationship without the foundation of you know courting and you know creating a a situation where their relationship is solid you know they just were in a you know a very chaotic situation and they you know not even fell in love they just kind of you know hooked up and you know now they're dealing with some other things so Kepra on one end is trying to uh, you know create a relationship with Kalfani but Kalfani is you know he's kind of that arrogant warrior he's like look I'm just looking to fight the baddest dude because 
if I find him, then I know that that's the individual that destroyed my tribe. And I'm looking to avenge my people. I'm not interested in relationships. But at the same time, he has, you know, everywhere he goes, you know, he hanging out with some girl or a group of women. You know what I'm saying? So um, there's different things that people will be able to identify with. Um, The family structure of Shabaka, King Shabaka, Queen Mahindi, and Manetho. Manetho doesn't want to be in his father's shadow. You know, he wants to create his own reality. Right. You know, so um, it's a it's a lot of different things that people will take away from reading Acid of the Gods. Just like when they watch Game of Thrones, they're entertained. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The the power struggle and what this person will do behind the scenes to uh, circumvent that person to get on top. You know what I'm saying? So um, there are some more there. There's. There's some morality within Acid of the Gods, but you know it has a lot of en- entertainment value. And then you'll see the, you know, like kind of when, when you watch GI Joe, you know, what I'm saying they they bring about the uh, the the lessons right. of the story at the end of the day. So dope, dope, yeah. man. As far as just social media and uh, online or however people can find you, yeah, Acid man. of the Gods, what's that? Acid of the Gods with a Z dot com. Uh, check out our YouTube page, which is under Urban Arcanum. Uh, that's the name of our my parent company. Um, and then, of course, we're on Facebook, Acid of the Gods. Um, and I think, we're, yeah, we're on Instagram, AOTG underscore Urban Arcanum. Oh, yeah. That was dope, man. That was dope. Yeah, we appreciate you for coming <laughs> through, man. Thank you guys for having me. My man, the news. Hey. Yes, 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 yes. Life is dope. Life is Dope Podcast. I'm Graffiti. And I'm David. We out. This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite. Thirst for yours. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.